So excellent day, my friends, different areas around the world. Transformational teacher, Dr. Harry Benjamin here. I'm very grateful and thankful for the opportunity and the privilege to speak to you today. And, um, you know, so really awesome what's been taking place. And we're into today's, today we're going into the third part of a four-part series. And today, you know, we're going to unpack uh, destiny. We're going to look at destiny today. Uh, the first two series in the four-part series here, uh, the first one was looking at faith, you know, and understanding faith more clearly. Uh, the second focused on stabilizing our life structures, you know, and by understanding faith, you know, as you sow, so shall you reap, and understanding the difference between faith and destiny, and then, you know, stabilizing our life structures. Now we all understand a little bit more how to create the right environment for our destiny to come forth, our real destiny to have somewhere to birth itself. You know, and I've been trying to emphasize that there's a difference between faith and destiny, and that they're not the same. Uh, you know, our destiny, ladies and gentlemen, is really not in our hands. You know, our destiny is divine. So, you know, as we go into that today, you know, and unpacking this, I'm just really expressing my gratitude for the privilege to be here and to use this platform, you know, all-in-one, one-in-all uh, is a teaching platform that's dedicated to us realizing more peace, more joy, becoming more loving, you know, and really cultivating and developing the fruits or the essences of the spirit. And there are practices that we can do, which we are sharing with each other over time that we, you know, I'm encouraging those who are seeking to make this world a better place. Uh, for each and every one of us to really play our part in doing our own part in making us a better individual. And by so doing, we change the world. You know, as it may seem small that you're doing it on an individual level, but I, I guarantee you that the impact will be much more far-reaching than you think it will be because we share a collective subconscious mind. You know, we share a collective divine mind. And whenever one of us is lifted up into the higher realms or rarefied atmosphere of being, we draw other people up into that rarefied atmosphere, unknown to them too. So the whole work, you know, is about us really going higher. These practices is about us lifting ourselves, not us lifting ourselves up, but allowing ourselves to be lifted up by making ourselves available to the divine playing a part in our unfolding. Uh, you know, which is unfolding anyway, but we can sometimes interfere in that process and slow it down and make the process take much longer than it would normally do. So we're talking about destiny today, you know, and, you know, next week we're going to talk about expressing that. But right now we want to, you know, get clear on what destiny really is in an understanding and destiny, right? Understanding destiny. And destiny itself, in terms of the word and looking at the word in a divinity, you know, um, ex expressing sublime thoughts, inspiring a new you, right? That word destiny. So destiny, D-E-S-T-I-N-Y. And that was an a reverse acronym that I came up with uh, as a part of the book that will be released soon. You know, I have a hundred words all right, that will transform, a hundred words that will transform our lives. You know, and uh, those, that's one of the words, destiny, right? Divinity expressing sublime thoughts, inspiring a new you. So the I is not in there, but, you know, <laughs> inspiring, inspiring you, right? A new you, <laughs> right? But you could squeeze I in there, 
right? So divinity, which is God, you know, um, expressing sublime, which is supreme, very high thoughts. And those thoughts are designed to inspire a new version of you. And one of the things about destiny is that it's not necessarily in our hands. It's not in your hands or my hands. The destiny that we have was created by God. And that destiny is good. There's really nothing that you can do to alter it. All you could do is delay its expression. You cannot hinder, obstruct. Uh, you cannot, yeah, you can hinder, you can obstruct its revelation. But you cannot change it. You, you cannot modify it. You cannot make it not good. You know, you cannot make what God created good, not good. God created us good and very good. And there's really nothing we could do to alter that. Now, we can, we can experience ourselves the way we were not created. And that is very clear. We can have experiences that are not in alignment with the way we were created to be, right? You know, and that's pretty evident in the world. You know, that's pretty evident in my life and maybe quite evident in yours that we have had experiences that we necessarily would not have wanted to have. And those experiences are part of our fate based on choices that we made before. So as we're becoming clear on not how not to make choices and do things that will interfere and affect us, in a negative way, then, you know, we can actually allow our destiny to unfold. So our destiny is a divine template that's loaded and coded within us. It's almost like the equivalent of a seed, you know, and, you know, the seed could be, we could use the word or the term, the germ of the Christ within us. So the germ, which is the seed, you know, which is in a sense that, that divine idea, which has been planted within us before time, you know, from eternity, eternity doesn't begin, but it's in the sense of when we were created, which is an always situation, right? You know, there's not a beginning like a beginning time. It's just a self-existent situation. And we were created out of the fullness of God. And from that creation, the divine template of the Christ is within us. You know, some people call it the Buddha mind. Uh, some people call it Krishna consciousness, you know, Zarasta consciousness, uh, the unified field of awareness, you know, uh, conscious, the, the quantum field of reality. There are many different terms that can be used to describe this divine template that exists within you and I. So it's there. And now what we, are, we have discussed, and we discussed uh, last week and the week before, and we spoke about fate, and then we spoke about the structures and now we're talking about that destiny now, allowing that destiny to come forth, allowing it. And next week, we're going to talk about expressing it. Now, allowing that destiny to come forth is to create the conditions for that seed, that Christ or that Buddha field or whatever term you're comfortable with, you know, to come forth, you know, for that to become active in you. So... In my own experience, and just to look at my own journey and, you know, um, using it for the purposes of helping us to, to understand what that entails, you know, I had a fate that was interfering with the destiny. You know, I was really very worldly. Um, I remember when I used to run down the things of the world, I used to be, you know, trying to get the big house. Well, I got the big house, the big cars, you know, and I got expensive automobiles. Uh, Maserati and you know very expensive cars you know one of the cars was over a hundred thousand US dollars that I paid for it I think it was a hundred and twenty thousand US dollars for that car 
you know, and we all know that there's some cars, you know, that are even two hundred or three hundred thousand dollars, right? But most cars, you know, that most people buy are ten, twenty, fifteen thousand, even eight thousand dollars new. So, you know, buying a car for hundred and twenty thousand dollars, yeah, it's it's a lot of money, right? In in U.S. dollars. So, my my point is that I was chasing down these things, right, and thinking that those things were gonna make me okay. You know, uh, when we were building the house in Florida, you know, built a big home for $1.7 million. And, you know, some people used to ask us, you know, why do you have a five-bedroom home for just three of you? Because it was just myself, Alyssa, Ariana, I guess, uh, and Alyssa at the time. It was myself, Carly, and Alyssa, right, at the time. Um, when we built the home, we were planning to have maybe one or two more kids. But, you know, it, it was more about having this big house and thinking that you have this big house, then you'd be, you know, you'd be happier. Um, you know, we had a lot of money, you know, so trying to store money, trying to do more businesses, trying to do more investments. And th these were, in a way, trying to get things to be okay, right? And I, and I got a lot of those things. I got a lot of money, you know, I got a, the big home, the expensive cars, but then I still wasn't okay, Right, the, the the deep happiness and the deep peace which I now have was not present then, and I can look back clearly to see that what was interfering with me experiencing my deeper peace and deeper joy was because of these physical things that I had, and I thought that those were the reasons for the presence of peace and joy. But even when you got them, even when we had them in our hands, the peace and joy was still not there. You know, there would still be you know a periods of just being sad or sometimes feeling down um, or being anxious, being nervous, being concerned about tomorrow, how the business may turn out. And then when, when the business started sliding down, and that was when I now started to, I was grappling, I was trying to fight to find my way back to where um, the house and the car and, you know, I w tried a lot of businesses to keep holding on to the home and the various cars and the business and things that I had in the world, you know, uh, and I remember we, <laughs> I was so worried that our first daughter, you know, I encouraged Carly first to name her, her give her middle name Ferrari, <laughs> so she's Alyssa Ferrari Benjamin. Oh, how interesting is that, right? And then her last son, is, you know, I was I became so spiritual now that his name is Abraham David Benjamin. You know, <laughs> trying to just go to the opposite end of the spectrum, right? But um, I'm saying this to share that what was happening was that I was, I was my, my mindset at the time was I was trying to use things of this world to be okay. And when I started losing them and I went down into the valley of experience and we lost the home, the cars, you know, uh, we had to give all of that up. We had to move out of the home, you know, moving with a relative. Uh, and then I started to build life back up. And, uh, you know, building up now and coming up the other side of the mountain, you know, going up another mountainside, now what has started to happen is that when I was in that valley, that's when I started studying spiritual books. That's when I started to learn about meditation. And the reason why I was pursuing um, God is that my conscience would not allow me to do any business that was not ethical and moral. So I could no longer, you know, in a sense, do things just for the sake of, of getting the things, you know, just just get money at any cost, any way, any how. It had to be moral and ethical. So the things that became moral and ethical for me to do 
it took time for me to build them up to where I could get enough money from them that allowed us to live the way we desired. You know, and we're not, at this time of this recording, not fully back to where uh, I was in terms of outward physical things that you know, we had at that time. But I could see clearly that I get to that level and even beyond it, right, currently, but ethically and morally, you know, without the issues that I had before. Now, one of the, one of the things about this is this, is that when I was going through that valley of experience, I learned a lot of great things. You know, and one of the things is, is, is this, I was pursuing God for the wrong reasons. You know, I was pursuing God because what I was trying to get was I was trying to get an awareness of God. I was trying to use the law of attraction, you know, understanding how to pray so that I could get the things of the world. Right? I could get my, I was trying to save my home. I was trying to get a car. So that's what, that was the reason for all my spiritual work. You know, that was the primary motive. My motive was not to have an, a relationship with God. My motive was really to use the laws the principles to understand them so that I can actually manifest the things that I wanted. And that's why, that's why I was doing it. And it was not until I maybe went to a revelation conference in Agape and I was asking the question about man, this law of attraction that I've been practicing <laughs> hasn't been working. What's going on? <laughs> right. And, um, and then, you know, one minister, you know, she got a little, a little, a little, I guess peeved, you know, um, about, you know, people trying to get things out of the world and she was you know she said some pretty harsh things from the stage you know <laughs> so but at the end she came to me and she kind of you know uh, said it a little softer and told me you know man whatever is yours by right of consciousness will be yours and whatever is not yours by right of consciousness will leave so if the house is going to be yours it will be if it's not i should give me a testimony and you know we're 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 cool up to today uh, and then after that, you know, after that, you know, I, I saw in the secret movie, um, not the secret movie, I saw this because the secret movie, Michael Beckett was in the secret movie and, you know, he was explaining the law of attraction. And then one day when I was watching a service and he said, man, you know, the secret movie, what that is about is a Trojan horse, right? You know, and for you, those of you know what a Trojan horse is, you know that, you know, the, the little men were inside, the people pulled the, the horse inside the city and then the men were able to came, come out and take over the city. So he was explaining that the law of attraction is really just a way to get people on to a path of spiritual practice, but ultimately they get a few benefits in the beginning, but really, you know, it's about kind of getting us out of our own way, so to speak, getting the ego out of our way. But if you don't use that to trick the ego into going into spiritual practice, then it will be avoided because we are initially ego identified and I was very heavily identified with my ego at the time and it was my ego you know, that was trying to get these things. It was my ego that was trying to get hold of the home, the car, you know, the, the, the trying to be okay, not realizing that I was already okay from within. So as I did more spiritual practice, I did more meditation, and I started to become more clear and became more aware, became aware of my enlightened nature, and then I started to become more stable. Now, as I started to become more stable in that arena, then ideas now started to express themselves to me, you know, and the funny thing is that the business that I was building started to work even better, you know, the results started to increase, you know, and it became easier to get results from the business now <laughs> than it was 
back then when I was trying to push and all the affirmations and the declarations and stuff like that, and which is important. You definitely need to do those. But then there will come a point now, which, which, is, which is happening for me, where your, your real destiny starts to express itself. You know, uh, now books are coming forth, which I didn't have in the, in the scheme of, okay, this was going to be something I'll be doing in the future. You know, I didn't know I'd be uh, having a hundred words that, I, that would be transformational. And just as I share destiny with you, you know, divinity expressing sublime thoughts, inspiring a new you. And uh, when you look at that, that is what destiny really is. It's God in you. Right, that expresses continuously because the God in you right now, I, I, I'm telling you this, and you'll come to know this for sure. There are thoughts that are coming from the Holy Spirit as a broadcast continuously. They are continuously broadcasting sublime thoughts. They are amazing thoughts. And they're thoughts of love and joy and peace and wisdom and creativity and genius and ideas and resourcefulness, innovativeness. Every solution to every problem that you could ever see is already in your mind. So as those thoughts now are broadcasting themselves, what happens as you start to, in, in a sense, allow yourself to be lifted up into the rarefied atmosphere of, of that vibration of the Most High, you come up into that space. As you come up into that space, so to speak, then you get access to those thoughts that are always there. You don't put them there. They're always there. Now, as you start to capture those thoughts, those thoughts um, start to guide you. They start to inspire you. You know, you start to feel like, okay, this is something that I should do. You know, you even sometimes get nudged. You feel nudged. You, feel, you don't get nudged like something is pushing you. But you feel nudged. You know, and different people have different ways for the spirit to guide them. You know, some people is through words. Some people is through vision. Some people is through dreams. You know, different ways, right, that we'll get guided, you know, in our own unique way. But you'll definitely start to know what's the guidance, how you're being guided. You know, some of us, it's, you know, the first three seconds of, of um, the soul speaking to you to tell you this is where you should go. This is what you should do. And I remember one day I was, you know, I was watching a service and, um, from Agape and then, you know, writing, writing my mind all in one, one in all. It was all for one, one for all. I thought that's what I heard at least. And then I wrote it down in my book. And then that was, you know, that was the, the name. I was told that this is the, this is the name of the movement. Um, some people call it a ministry. But that, you know, it's really, you know, whatever term, because it's really semantics. But then the name came all in one and all. And then as I got the name and I wrote it down and I went back to, I paused, wrote it down so I wouldn't forget. And I went back to watching Within a few seconds, I saw uh, Reverend Michael say, all in one, one in all. I was shocked. I mean, I almost dropped off my chair because, you know, the, this, the sequence of this was just so shocking to me at the time. You know, and I even recorded it, you know, um, you know because I, w I was blown away. And I, you know, called Reverend Arlene and I spoke to her about it. And, you know, and then, you know, she said, you know, all in one, one in all was what we ended up discussing as the, you know, because I thought I heard all four one, one for all. It's just kind of like um, that, uh, you know, musketeers, <laughs> three musketeers. <laughs> but, um, you know, for those who know the three musketeers, right? So when I heard this, you know, and, you know, I, I then wrote it down. And then that movement you now, as you all know, is begun. 
But that didn't just, you know, destiny doesn't just like drop on you, boom. You know, this is what your destiny is. You know, it's something that unfolds. You know, it unfolds very similar to how a seed, right? That you get a seed of an orange and you plant orange seed in the ground. Then the seeds, the seed starts to die. And as the seed is dying, the contents of the seed start to give rise to shoots. And then the roots start to come out and the shoots give rise to branches and leaves. And then eventually it becomes um, a tree and that starts to bear fruit and repeatedly bears fruit. And then it goes on to create orchards of fruits, of fruit trees, you know, whether it's oranges or apples or mangoes or whatever it is, right? You know, you, you're going to have large numbers of it happening and it all came from one single seed. So the idea of an orchard right, with several thousands of trees is already in one seed. So the idea is already within us. You know, invisible designs existing are eternally available. That word idea, all right, it just came to me um, the other day too, right, invisible designs eternally available. So the idea of who and what we really are is loaded and coded within our being. And then our destiny is coded within the idea of who and what we really are. The destiny is God's idea of you, right? Which is requires a sense of humility to allow this to come forth because we interfere with it in the sense that we want to be different from the way we were created. That's where separation comes from, right? There's a desire to 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 be different from the way we were created to be. You know, there's a, there's usurping of God, so to speak, which is something that human beings have tried to do as an error. You know, um, of course, you know, there's that desire, <laughs> but then it, it comes out as an error, you know, and it, we can't really, we can't make ourselves separate. It is not possible. You cannot separate yourself from God because the life that you're using to listen to my words is the life of God that you're using to listen to these words. So there's no way to separate ourselves off. We can only believe that we're separate. And in believing that we're separate, there's the experience of separation, which we have seen and we are still um, grappling with as human beings, right? And separation has its you know, um, branches and divisions, so to speak, things that come or arise from it. So what we want to do, my friends, is that we want to become keenly aware of our divine nature, right? Keenly aware of our divine nature through the practices that we spoke about in previous talks. But as you're becoming aware now, what starts to happen is that your destiny starts to unfold. Your real destiny. You know, and as I explained, that mind has been unfolding and just sharing with you these 100 words that I'll eventually release as a book. You know, it's so amazing to me because where did this this um, skill or this gift or this talent come from because it's not something I learned in school. It's not something that I was planning to do. It was not something that I was, you know, inspired by someone else to do. It's something that came directly from my soul. And I remember the very first word um, that I came up with, um, it was share, right? You know, and, and I remember the day that we were at a presentation for Organo at the Organo office in Lagos. And Mrs. Zedomi, one of my key partners and very good friends, right? Um, she's one of my close friends. And Mrs. Zedomi 
um, she shared, she was doing a presentation and, you know, we have picked up acronyms for different words, you know, like team, together everyone achieves more, job, just over broke, you know, journey of barring, you know, you, you listen to the millionaire mentorship call from Organo and different leaders have shared acronyms that they either read from books or picked up from other people who had came up with the acronyms. Right, or reverse acronyms, so to speak, right? You know, or put words together that eventually are an acronym because you know, I won't define an acronym right now. But you know, coming back to 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 how I started this these words, right? And then she said, oh, you know, she looked at the word share and said, oh, you know, there's no, we don't have an acronym for share. She said it in the meeting, and then I sat down. I was there in the meeting, and then you know, I was inspired, and I just wrote the word share down. And then I, then I looked at the word and then it, it just came from my being. Someone happily applying resources expansively or for expansion. All right, so look at the word share. Right? Someone happily applying resources expansively for expansion. Right? You know, which is another word we have to use the E. But expansively means to expand. Right? You know, applying resources, you know, whatever you may have resourcefully in the world, but also the resource of a being that you are. And it has to be someone who is happy. So the word share, and that was the first word that just came. And then afterward, you know, other words started. I looked at other words and I started to be able to, to just break them down. And, you know, for those who, were, who saw this, saw how it unfolded. So what I'm sharing here is that your destiny is already loaded and coded within you. It's not something that you need to go and get, right? It's something to allow to happen. It's something to let. It's not something to get. You know, your destiny is not written in a cloud somewhere in the sky for you to try to find it or, you know, under the sea for you to get a submarine to go and fish it out. You know, <laughs> your destiny is loaded and coded within your own being. It's already there. You cannot get rid of it. It is your life. Now, we can obstruct its expression by not understanding fate. We cannot, we cannot allow it to come forth seamlessly by not having stable structures for it to come forth through because it needs somewhere to express. It needs the right conditions for it to be cultivated and expressed. So the, the thoughts that are already there, you know, the destiny, the divinity within us, expressing sublime thoughts, inspiring a new you. So the version of who you are currently, what happens is that over time, that continues to change. So you are really never ever a static you. Now the individual that you are, the deepest aspect of your being is a changeless reality. It is a changeless reality. It's a dimensionless, formless being that's beyond time or experience. And time nor experience can touch it. It's untarnished by time and experience. So regardless of what you've been through in your experiences, it has not touched your real being. So the destiny now that's loaded and coded within it, what we need to do is to provide the right conditions for that destiny now to have somewhere to come forth. And that's what um, the destiny is versus your fate. Right, So understanding that your destiny is something that's in you, is not something that you could get rid of. You, know, you, 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 you cannot alter it, but you can hinder or obstruct its expression by 
thinking out of alignment with the truth of our being by saying things that are not in alignment with the truth of our being. You know, like saying something like, I am broke, <coughs> right? You know, and the word broke is another acronym, right? Busy running over knowledge endlessly or busy rejecting opportunities, keeping excuses, right? You know, so people, you know, don't recognize that it's, the, it's these misbegotten ways of thinking that are affecting us, that are interfering with our grand, magnificent nature. Each and every one of us, we are beautiful, we are magnificent, we're awesome, we're tremendous, we're phenomenal, you know, we're excellent beings. We're, we're, we're way more than words could ever start to define or express. You know, in fact, you're beyond definition. You cannot really be described. You because of the fact that you are created in the image and likeness of that which can never be defined with words. So... God coming through now as us, you know, and uh, as we spoke about the four stages of uh, consciousness, you know, we spoke about, you know, that stage of survival, which is the first stage, and we spoke about the adoption or manifesto stage, and we spoke about the third stage, which is as you, which is really a stage of transformation, and the fourth stage, uh, which is, you know, which is the third stage is God through you you know, are using you, right, which is a stage of transformation. And the fourth stage is God as you, which is a stage of dissolution, which is a continuous movement between transformation and dissolution. So you're coming into being, you're expressing yourself in one way, you're not attached to it, you're not attached to the home, you're not attached to the car, you're not attached to the book that you wrote, you're not living on the past success, you know, you're not attached to the business that you have developed, you know, you're allowing more of your divine nature to express in whatever way your heart is designed to be expressed. And, you know, we, we tend to resist it in the beginning, you know, because we wonder, man, you know, what, what if God wants for me is not what I want for myself? You know, what if, what if what, you know, is the plan that God has for me is not what I, you know, what, <laughs> what I want? But if the promise is, man, you know, I, the thoughts I have for you are not thoughts of evil, right? You know, it starts to give you a good expected end, right? It starts of of love and power and joy, you know, and it, my intention is for you to have a wonderful end. So, you know, there's no thoughts that God has towards us which are to our, not to our benefit. All of them are to our benefit. And I, I, I can guarantee you, man, you know, when you really start to swim in this ocean of devotion, you know, when you start to really open up yourself to allow the divinity that's already in your heart and in your soul to start to have its way with you, to start to play with you, to start to live through you, to start to shine through you, then, man, you end up doing some things that you never thought you would have done before. And I can testify to that. You know, I'm here teaching now, and this was not in my scope. Went to medical school, became a medical doctor, you know, um, then transitioned into selling automobiles and doing parts and then tried some real estate. And then, you know, life set everything up in such a way that I would be unfolding in this way. So, you know, I'm grateful for the pathway. I know you have your own story to tell. You know, you have what's happening for you. Your greatness is unfolding. It's revealing itself, even as you're listening to me right now. That germ, just the mere fact that you're at, you're on this transformational teaching, you're listening to this type of teaching, your greatness is unfolding. I know at this stage that a lot of people are ready to embrace the truth of their being because the illusions have a hold on people's minds. The illusions of this world are, are pretty thick, you know, and uh, in, in a sense, 
uh, it obstructs the revelation of a grand dure nature of us you know but we're becoming more keenly aware now more of us are waking up more of us are becoming more aware so we're starting to have a world now where a lot more people are now starting to access divinity a lot more people are realizing that they are i am and the titles are commentary and no longer identifying themselves with roles but realizing that they are individual beings in the spiritual nature of their creator and now are allowing more of the nature of the creator to start to live through them so thank you very much for listening uh, i hope the information that you got today was was useful you know, and, uh, and as we go forth now, man, you know, to continue to reveal our divine destiny. Um, next week now, we will unpack expressing your divine destiny, right? You know, so we looked at uh, faith, got that out of the way. We looked at the structures. And today, you know, we understand, we, we came to an understanding of what real destiny is. What is your real destiny? And I hope that has become clear to you, that it's in you, it's ready to express. We just have to get out of its way and allow it to have its way with us so that it can start to reveal itself. All right. I will talk next week about what are some of the strategies, what are some of the things we can do on a practical level that will allow our divinity to come forth. All right. With that said, guys, God bless each and every one of you. We'll see you at the top. You deserve to be there. Bye for now.